today, the day I'm recording this, which is Monday, April 26th, 2021, should be declared a uh, state holiday for Colorado. Yeah, um, I am excited. After a 12-0 loss uh, for the Rockies, this is probably the... It has the potential to be the best day in Colorado Rockies franchise history. So, welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. As always, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Cade Walker, and I'm excited. I am optimistic. And not necessarily because, you know, there's a ton of reason to think that the Rockies will immediately become a good franchise. But from where the Rockies are now, there's nowhere to go but up. So, you know, understanding what happened. First of all, it does not look like general manager, former general manager Jeff Breidich was fired. Uh, from what Bob Nightingale reported, and yes, Bob Nightingale, not the most reliable source, but, I mean, he does have sources, so in retrospect, I think this is valid. As, uh, Breidich was not fired. He was, or he resigned on his own volition. And, yeah, maybe it was one of those situations where, you know, Monfort tells Breidich, well, you can either resign or I can fire you. Um, that's a possibility, but it doesn't appear to be the case based on what Nightingale said and based on, you know, some things that, uh, Monfort talked about as well. Um, he, he said he was deeply saddened, um, by the, the departure of, of general manager Jeff Breidich. <laughs> you know, there were some other factors to this, some things floating around about social media and burner accounts. Uh, by the way, shout out to Sabermetric Skeptic on Twitter for running uh, the, <laughs> the the Jeff Breidich burner account, um, which was fantastic. Um, little little parody over there. So um, it, it actually fooled a lot of people. That was <laughs> excellent job over there. Um, but anyways, I mean, it seemed like Breidich just sort of got fed up with the endless amount of criticism that he received. I mean, Nick Groke wrote about in The Athletic um, that, you know, there were Fire Breidich t-shirt just lining the seats of Coors Field uh, around the, uh, you know, roughly 21,000 fans that attended Coors Field uh, this month. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he rightly received a lot of criticism. He was not good at his job. And uh, we don't have to go over everything again because... I talked about this. I've talked about this countless times on this podcast is he was bad at his job, just straight up. Um, and yeah, it, it takes a lot of work to be a general manager. It's it's not an easy job, especially with a situation as unique as Coors Field and an owner as limiting as Dick Montfort. But, but Jeff Breidich was not good, even considering all the factors that he had to deal with. He spent hundreds of millions of dollars in free agency contract to produce a negative wind above replacement value. And that's that's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to do in the sense that you 
if you're a general manager of a major league baseball team and you spend that much money on when or on players in free agency, it's actually really hard for you to spend market value on players and not get something for them. Um, it was impressive how how bad that actually ended up being. Um, so, uh, I mean, it, it just goes to show that he just he didn't pay market value for these guys. I mean, you heard the story from Groke. Uh, over the offseason that the Rockies signed Ian Desmond for way more than most of the other first basemen in that free agency class got um, after the analytics department ranked Desmond near the bottom of the desirable free agents in that class. So, yeah, I mean, you see decisions like that, and it's it's not surprising. It's not. Um, So, with that being said, Jeff Breidich is gone. It's a new era of Colorado Rockies baseball. Now, I want to talk a few things about, you know, what this what this means for the Rockies moving forward, both in terms of front office personnel and in terms of player personnel. Um, so to start off, this I think this might be kind of a play for uh, Dick Monfort and ownership to try and keep Trevor Story, keep John Gray. Well, I think they're gone regardless. I think Story especially is gone regardless. He has one year on his deal. He's in the prime of his career, and the Rockies are in no shape to compete anytime in the near future. That can change, but, I mean, does he want to bet on that? Probably not. If Story wants to compete at um, you know at a very high level um, for a team that will make it to the playoffs every year, he probably should leave Colorado. And depending on how those negotiations go in terms of extension, he might be dealt as soon as the trade deadline. But if he's not, and the Rockies decide to keep him through the trade deadline, that's the worst case scenario because they'll receive essentially nothing for him. I mean, a compensation draft pick, but you're going to want more than that for Trevor Story. So, Story is probably still gone, but in terms of bringing in new personnel, changing team philosophy of team building, you know, that's still on the table. We, I mean, we don't know who's going to be named general manager. We don't even know who's going to be named interim general manager. But what we do know is that uh, there was a new team president hired. And that's interesting because the Rockies previously didn't even employ a team president. They haven't employed a team president since Kelly McGregor in 2010. So the new team president is uh, longtime Rockies uh, employee Greg Fiesel. Um, he has typically and traditionally overseeing club business operations for the Rockies, so he's he's done quite a bit. Uh, in full detail, as listed in his bio in the, the media guide, uh, Fiesel manages the aspects of the organization's business operations, which include revenue areas, customer service, ticket sales, corporate partnerships, communications, marketing, broadcasting, community affairs, merchandising, promotions, special events, private suites, party facilities, information systems, 
human resources, ballpark operations, and capital improvements. So yeah, um, that guy has a lot on his plate, and he was just named the new team president. So, potentially, uh, the new team president, I mean, he's going to handle most of the non-baseball operations, and hopefully the new GM will handle the actual baseball baseball operations, like scouting and uh, decision-making and uh, managing the farm system and and everything like that, roster management, all those things. Um, I, I think Fiesel is capable. Um, he's done this. Uh, from this list, I mean, it seems like he knows how to delegate He's been running the team, or not necessarily the team, but he's been running a lot of these operations, these non-baseball operations, for quite a while. And I think, you know, having a team president is valuable. Hopefully he can provide some of that value um, when the Rockies ultimately do hire a general manager. So, I mean, we'll see. Because the thing was with Kelly McGregor is he was able to sort of, you know, act as a as like an intermediate between uh Dan O'Dowd, the general manager at the time, and Dick Montfort. So um they were able to get a little bit done and he was very important to the baseball side of things as well, um, even if he wasn't the general manager. So we'll see um if Fiesel can do a, a similar thing here. Um so I mean ideally that's that's what you'd want. So man, who can the Rockies hire? as the new general manager. I'm going to answer that question, but first, I want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, and that is, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook. For some, the draft is the most exciting day of the season. For others, it's a chance to build on last year's success. Whether your team has the first pick or the last, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing the excitement to you. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is adding to the thrill of the draft with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if a quarterback is drafted first overall on Thursday night. Yes, that's right. As soon as Trevor Lawrence is snatched up by Jacksonville, you can turn that $1 into $100 in free bets. And it's simple. All you have to do is place a wager on any draft day outcome, and you'll be eligible to win $100 in free bets if a quarterback is selected first overall. Think you know how your team is going to do in this year's draft? Well... Put your money where your mouth is and bet on it with DraftKings Sportsbook. There's a number of ways to take action on the draft. So head to the app now and see what DraftKings Sportsbook is offering for Thursday night's main event. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up for a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is letting you turn $1 into $100 in free bets. If a quarterback is selected first overall in this Thursday night's draft, don't forget code MHS during signup only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, winning paid out in free bets. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So here I'm going to talk about a couple different candidates who... I think, are more than qualified. Um, The first of which is sort of a, I don't know, kind of an interesting option. Um, And I think it's a little, I don't know, maybe it would be kind of an unexpected and surprise hire if this did happen. 
um, but it wouldn't be totally out of left field. I think it's justified. And this idea was actually brought uh, brought forth by Eric Goodman um, here at Mile High Sports. And he said that the Rockies' first call for the new vacant opening at general manager would be to Dan Evans. Uh, Dan Evans is on the board for the Rocky Mountain chapter for the Society of American Baseball Research. Uh, he has worked in baseball before, and it was at the major league level as well. He was uh, he worked for the White Sox for almost 20 years. He worked his way up from an intern to assistant general manager um, slash director of baseball operations for the White Sox over the course of um, the early early 1980s until 2000. And he was actually named the number one GM prospect by Baseball America after the 1999 and 2000 season. Uh, he moved to an operations consultant with the Cubs for the next year and then was hired by the Dodgers as their general manager um, in 2001. So he was the general manager of the Dodgers in 2001. Uh, he worked there for uh, three years. His resume there includes a the second best career win loss percentage ever by a general manager of 546. He rebuilt the Dodger organization while there, and you know they still remained competitive. So he was able to field a quality baseball team while you know building them towards a more lofty goal. So he transformed the club's philosophy instead of you know just a big market. Oh, we'll sign some free agents into you know really quality scouting and player development oriented um, team and that's probably something that the Rockies could use you know with not a very high ranked farm system and obviously not a super talented major league team you know developing players focusing on that level building a team from the ground up probably what the Rockies would want Uh, he assembled the best bullpen in the MLB since World War II with the 2003 Dodgers, or at least um, that's that's what he has on his resume. <laughs> that's what he that's what he's written down. So, I mean, he had the experience. He worked there for three years. Not exactly sure um, the the situation of his departure, but I mean, he transitioned to a job with the Mariners immediately afterwards. Um, he was a special assistant to the general manager in Seattle for three years, and then he worked as a scout. Um, and uh, Pacific Rim operations for the Blue Jays for five years. Um, and that was, let's see here, so that was his last hire, uh, the last time he worked for a major league organization was in 2018. So he's not removed from the game. He's still a part of the Society for American Baseball Research. And uh, he's part of the team that put together the Field of Dreams out in um, the Midwest. I think it's, I think it's, Iowa, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, I mean he's he's in baseball. He is um, he's very forward thinking. He's progressive in terms of the baseball mind. He has always been on the cutting edge of you know what what baseball is moving towards, and that's something that the Rockies need. And you know he lives in Colorado. He lives in the Denver area, and. You know, he wouldn't have to relocate, first of all, which I think that would be appealing for him. And he's very familiar with the Rockies, obviously, as a member of the Society for American Baseball Research, the Rocky Mountain chapter. Um, I've attended that a couple times 
uh, when I when I lived in Denver, and he he was there. I had great conversations with him. Um, very intelligent guy, and most of those guys are Rockies uh, Rockies fans, people that have followed the Rockies for for a while. And um, Dan Evans is familiar with the Rockies organization, to say the least. All these guys talk about is the Rockies, what they're doing, and how they can improve. Um, and you know, most of the, the events that when I attended Society for American Baseball Research, um, it was before COVID. Um, so a, a lot of the topic there was Larry Walker for the Hall of Fame, and um, you know that was that that was cool. It was a very very cool time. But yeah, I, I talked to Dan Evans uh, personally, and he's very intelligent, um, and he talked a lot about his about his experiences and he's uh, definitely the uh, you know always has been forward thinking and, and that's very important when looking for candidates for the Rockies and the Rockies should not hire from within um, they need to hire someone from the outside and Dan Evans qualifies you know last work for the Blue Jays previously for the Mariners and before that for the Dodgers and um, the, those are quality organizations, and you know the Blue Jays. <clears throat> he worked in scouting for the Blue Jays, and obviously, I mean, the Blue Jays have um, they they've brought up a lot of good young talent. So that's at least something to speak for there. So I mean, all things considered, here Dan Evans, great option. Uh, he hasn't worked for a major league team in three years, but I don't think that's necessarily a slight to him. He's been in baseball; he's aware of the the organization as well. He's in the loop. So, other than Dan Evans, um, I, I've looked at a couple candidates who were floated as uh, general manager candidates as recently as um, this past offseason, and the first of which, probably the most prominent candidate uh, for a, a general managing job would be Dana Brown, uh, the vice president of scouting currently for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he played major or minor league baseball at least, and then he transitioned to being a scout. Uh, and he's drafted more than 40 big leaguers and seven all-stars between the Nationals and Blue Jays. And he's been regarded as a very high-level evaluator of talent. And, you know, with the Rockies severely lacking talent at all levels of their organization, this would be a challenge for sure for him to take on, but he's well suited for it. Um, he is, uh, he's proven he has a track record. He is respected around the league and he's actually interviewed for several jobs before already in the, as a front office, um, member in terms of general manager. So he's qualified. He has the resume. He is currently in baseball. He is currently doing scouting, um, at the highest level for a very high level baseball team in the Atlanta Braves. So he's qualified and I think he would be he he would have to be at the top of anyone's list to fill a vacant general manager job. Uh next on my list and potentially second maybe this this might be the best option in terms of man, how do we make the Rockies you know contenders as soon as possible? And it, it might be Pete Patilla. Uh, Pete Patilla is the assistant general manager for the Houston Astros. Yes, the Houston Astros. Um, 
yeah, this one comes with a catch, obviously, right? Because, you know, the Houston Astros. Oh, wow. Hmm. Not an organization that has been the shiniest over the past couple of years. Um, yeah, he's probably not as well respected around the league as Dana Brown just because of that. But, I mean, he's not Jeff Lanau. He's not A.J. Hinch. Not members of the team. So we can assume his role was less, uh, even if he, if he even had any sort of role or knowledge about this scandal. So, yeah, but man, man, his resume, it's, it's enticing. Uh, he joined Houston as an intern 10 years ago, 2011, and was mostly in player development and scouting. And while in player development and scouting, he integrated analytics advanced metrics, uh, which is something that I personally can get behind. Um, and that's personally what, what I'm working on myself is, um, analytics, advanced metrics, and trying to apply that to evaluating players and, and developing players. Yeah. I mean, there should be some reservation about hiring someone from the Astros. It's justified, but Considering he wasn't the top brass, and considering his track record, uh, I think that he is definitely a candidate. Uh, He's young, he's forward-thinking, he's already interviewed for multiple GM openings, and, I mean, he should should be picked up uh, sooner than later, and I think this, this is definitely an opportunity. So I think those are the only three that I'm going to talk about. But, uh, I mean, there's there's definitely other names on the market that is uh, that are a little bit enticing. You know, there's uh, Randy Flores from Cardinals, Billy Owens, Athletics. Um, you know, there's, there's guys around um, that you can look at and certainly make a case for. But those three are... At the top of my list, personally, between Dan Evans, uh, between Dana Brown, and between Pete Patilla, I think those three are probably the best options for the Rockies. And if any of those three get hired, uh, first of all, I take credit for it because I talked about it first, uh, except for the Dan Evans thing. I'll give that. I'll give credit uh, for that to um, to Goodman, um, Eric Goodman at Mile High. So, but first of all, I'll take credit for one of the latter two. Second of all, I would be thrilled. Very thrilled because these guys are forward-thinking. They know how to run an organization. They know how to develop talent. They know how to bring in talent. And not just, you know, hire free agents kind of deal. They know how to bring in talent um, via trade, via drafting, via player development, all that. And that's what the Rockies need. So, you know, there's a lot more to talk about with the Rockies. Um Trevor Story hit a grand slam the other night. That was brilliant. His bat flip, exhilarating, fantastic. There's not enough words to describe watching Trevor Story. Um, Started off a little bit slow. Uh, I'll I'll talk about that specifically next episode. I'll record another episode in a couple days. Rymel Tapia also, walk off the other night, brilliant. Um. So I'll talk about all those things on the next episode, all the baseball side of things, but this one, 
This episode I wanted to dedicate specifically for the exciting opportunity that the Rockies have to move forward past this dreadful Jeff Breidich era into a goldmine. You know, Jeff Passan uh, said in a tweet, Executives have long seen the Rockies' job as a potential goldmine, a place in which a creative GM could leverage the inherent advantages and mitigate the issues that have long plagued players there. It's a gig for a thinker. Question is, is that what owner Dick Montfort wants? I'm going to end it with that, but thank you for tuning into this episode of 20th and Blake, as always presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have any questions, anything you want to say, anything you want me to talk about on the podcast, DM me at Walker on Twitter um, or otherwise. Uh, thank you for listening again, and I'll talk to you next time.